0: Beer, 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 Do you
1: like beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White and Bert Deister. How are you? Good morning. Happy belated Fourth!
0: Yes, enjoying this after Fourth of July weather. It's been like just perfect. Yeah, we've had Hopefully a good like we keep what, it for a couple of days.
1: Good two weeks of really nice weather. Yeah, at this point, and uh, I guess it depends on how hot you like it. But it's been hot, now it's cooled off a bit. Um, we're gonna get to a bunch of stuff today. Uh, last week we talked about a white stout, which is something that you don't see a lot of. And you'd mentioned the a white stout. If anybody missed the episode, like it's kind of a hazy definition of what it is you can find a couple different things when you see the words white stout yeah so if you want to find out all about that it's in our last week's episode this week we're going to talk about a a radler and um a word that i still am not ready to try and say what's that
0: again beer mitch get trunken
1: okay it's it's like
0: beer me gets drunk with Beer mixed drinks is literally the, drinks. The, 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 the translation. There's a couple of uh, Buffalo brewing companies doing Rattlers this year, so it's a good uh, good time to learn about them because they're going to be, the I think, the fad for the summer, just kind of like Shandy's were a couple of years ago.
1: Okay. Before we get to that, uh, what's going on at the store? Anything we need to know about summer brew supplies, draft supplies? We
0: have everything in stock, and so we, we've been kind of focusing on party taps, kegerator conversions, and we'll still have those in. So as we get into the fall and you get into football Season, those will be there. Um, high protein, you know, or propane BTU burners, wart chillers, pots, all those things. But we're also starting to see a good push on fruit presses. Uh, straining bags, large fermenter, and those people starting to do fruit wine. So with all the heat that we've had, a lot of fruit is ready early. So we'll talk a little bit about fruit making or fruit wine making uh, a little bit in the uh, the second half of the program. But So we have all your draft stuff still. We have all your big all-grain brewing stuff, but we're starting to up our stock already on some of those end-of-summer items just because it's kind of getting that way. And uh, fruit is ripening, and people are starting to make that kind of wine. So we have that stuff in as well. And if you're looking to bottle up stuff from last year on your wine, we have big stocks of bottles and, you know, stabilizers, corks ready to go. Okay. Keg line cleaning kits. We have those those have been popular so a lot of people if you've left it you know and you, you try to especially coming into the holiday weekend um a lot of people were coming in and grabbing those because they hadn't touched their you know kegerator in about six months um they can really clean up your kegerator well you don't have to fully disassemble the system if you don't want to uh and you can pump sanitizer through there the, the pressure the flow and the fact that you're soaking it in on there will really get those lines clean one other thing I want to sidetrack here for a minute the taste of buffalo is this weekend
1: mm-hmm. and following up we knew about the homebrew competition which the winner got an entry into the taste of buffalo so yeah. um, congratulations to the winner i think it was a it's a heller beer that that
0: ultimately won i think it was a keller keller, keller. I'm sorry keller, keller. i think hellas
1: and keller i'm mi- mixing them up a keller beer that, that won the competition and if you want if you were in that competition if you want
0: to see what won it it is. Uh, you can go try it. And I also noticed that So State Fair does the same thing as well. So you can enter into a competition, uh, and if you win, your uh, beer will be the official beer of the State Fair and served on draft. The other thing that's cool, Flying Bison has a limited release of bottles. I know it's at select locations of that, too. So if wow. you don't know if you're going to make it to the fair, if you want to try some of the— beer you can get it ahead of time they've already made it
1: if i brewed a beer and won a competition and it was like featured at the state fair or taste of buffalo i would just go there in the beer tent i would be drinking the beer and anytime i saw someone else drinking it, i would say what do you think you like it right. yeah I, I made it that'd be a long time <laughs> <laughs> right by like the sixth or seventh beer i might be a little bit uh punchy but anyway that, that's something cool that's going on this weekend if you did want to follow up on that con on that uh, brew competition if you were in on that um speaking of drinking
0: beers out of a keg draft systems over hand pump taps you've been you've been hammering this a lot lately yeah yeah because when you, you get a keg you're spending 120 dollars on a keg we sell simple co2 systems for under 150 dollars um we got a couple of different options so if you're trying to just push out your beer so that it keeps week for week so you don't buy a keg um you know buy a hand tap for 60 dollars anyways and then after you know night one of drinking it starts to go off um get a co2 system um it's going to keep your beer for the long term and you're not going to have that stale keg the next day mm-hmm. um so it's a little bit more money but no pumping no stale beer uh and this is a, not anything disposable it's something you'll use season to season the keg king brewing controller has been very popular yeah, in the given seat. the temperatures oh yeah oh yeah and great reviews from it easy to program easy to control um good display uh, it's been really popular, and so it makes a big difference for a lot of home brewers uh, when you can actually keep your fermentations cold. Okay. So let's get to this Radler. Yeah. I'm excited about this. So You're we- saying that...
1: Like local breweries are starting to make rattlers.
0: Yes, and, and they become uh, really popular in a national scene. And I think we're all really familiar with the English shandy, the kind of uh, you know beverage that's a mix of light beer and lemon lime soda. And this became popular actually in the early 1900s. And at about the same time, the Germans had their own equivalent that they would call the rattler. Um, rattler in German means cyclist. And and the, the kind of legend goes that these were a creation of a small uh, pub outside of Munich, uh, Germany, to draw in kind of cyclists who were, you know, cycling on hot afternoons and have a nice refreshing uh, uh, beverage for them. Uh, And the original name is actually, I think, Rattler Mass of the original beer, which means cyclist leader, meaning like, here's your leader of beer to keep you moving, you know what I mean, on your bike. Um, And they became quite popular. Um, It's fairly easy. It's very simple to the the shandy. You're doing a two-to-one mix of beer to soda, um, but unlike the English who just use a lemon-lime soda, they would usually use a grapefruit Uh, soda or extract mixed with pilsner or hefeweizen. Um, So while the English would use a bitter, which would be just slightly sweet and add a little bit of like a carbonated soda to give it a little bit more effervescence and even a little bit more sweetness, um, you could imagine when you're mixing like, you know, grapefruit with an already, you know, kind of banana strong hefeweizen that you're going to get a pretty fruity, pretty interesting, we'll say, drink. Now, full disclosure, I've never actually made one Myself. I think I've had a can before of Rattler, but I've never Mm -hmm. actually made one. Um, But I would encourage people to go ahead and make their own, pick their favorite beer, add some grapefruit soda to it. Um, There's a couple coming out. 12 Gates is going to have one. Uh, So will Thin Man. And uh, 5 and 20 in Westfield will also have a Rattler this summer. So So, they're going to be around. You'll be able to try them. And it's something that maybe even a bar would mix up for you. You know, if they have grapefruit soda around, you at can just the, uh, at the bar. You order a a light beer, a, 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 a pilsner, half a Weizen, okay. something like that, and toss in grapefruit
1: soda. Yeah, like now for a shandy. So this is just a shandy, but instead of lemonade, is lemon lemonade, lime. Lemonade, and lemonade. You
0: see, well, the lemonade is more of a US thing, and actually, the Germans would have put lemonade more into theirs and I think originally it was carbonated you know sweetened lemonade that was used um, but a very like kind of like weak version and the lemon lime soda quickly uh, became more popular Um, but yeah they would use grapefruit extracts or grapefruit sodas to mix in with the pilsner hefeweizen so you would usually suggest putting in the the fruit juice first and then putting in again that two parts of beer on top of it And now they do more than just grapefruit soda and Pilsners. And like we were talking about at the beginning, there's this whole kind of like art form or classification of drinks there. Whereas in the US, we don't usually see beer used much in mixed drinks unless it's a novelty. And if you want to go online, there's a whole list of very popular beer mixed drinks. So if you have a wheat beer and cola, it's a Weizen cola. Pilsner and cola, one of the most popular ones is called a diesel. Um, Another, There are tons of these. I'm just kind of Picked out a couple, uh, a Swartz beer and a champagne, so a lot higher in there, is called a Bismarck. Um, and obviously, we all know of the Jager bomb which is. You know, uh, Jägermeister and uh, beer, but they will also, I think there's something called a Turbo Jager where they mix Red Bull in. So you have a three part beer mixed drink. I mean, normally I would not be encouraging this kind of stuff, but with (laughs) how hot it's been, you need to stay hydrated. You might have some bigger beers in the basement that are kind of maybe you have, you know, like a Dunkelweizen that's sitting around in the basement and really hasn't been going that well in this 90 degree weather. Well, why don't you pull it out and mix it with some, you know, grapefruit soda? and give that a try So and it might a, bring life back into bigger beers that yeah. are just sitting into the cellar right
1: even now. a dark beer like that you're saying you could put you in. could do it absolutely oh.
0: absolutely you can get you could get creative with it you mean um i could see like imperial stout for you and like cream ale you know what i mean or like you know uh like, or i'm not cream ale the beer but cream ale the the soda like cream soda okay yeah or something so like that. to toss
1: cream soda into an imperial stout
0: yeah i'm listening Why not? I, I mean i, I if you I'm got listening. bottles around, yeah. Right. You, you can try it. it will lighten out. If it doesn't work out, just use half the bottle and then drink the other half straight. But so, in this heat, I think these are going to be really, yeah, you know, popular in these kind of like beer mixed drinks, just to kind of add some effervescence to it. Yeah, this, add some, it, it, you know, lightness and pop. You're
1: offsetting any of the malts, really. Like it's all going to be much, much, not like watered down, but sure. So
0: all right. This now, after is, after reading about this online, I think I'm gonna try to head to my local grocery store and pick up a bunch of little mini six pack cans to try mixing into with some of the beers in my basement. Yeah. And this is beer mishiktronken. Beer Michgetrunken. Beer Mishkranken. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I now. mean I
1: who knows. So for rattlers, if you wanted to make a rattler, it's the same as making a shandy where you make the beer. Yeah, and then make you, a beer. You just make a beer. Yeah.
0: And now commercially, you see it done a lot of times the other way, um, where they, they make like kind of the, the beer and the soda all in one. But I can tell you, I, I think, the especially as a home brewer who's tried to do, like, Shandy's both, you know, brewed and then mixing them – the post-mix is always a little bit better, and, and the reason I feel like that is, is because you have that higher carbonation um, and you have that sugar content of the soda, uh, whereas if you brew it in there, it usually ends up a little bit drier, or you find yourself using like an artificial sugar to try to sweeten it back up. When you mix lemonade, when you mix lemon-lime soda or grapefruit soda with an already fermented, you know, already conditioned beer, I think the effect is a little bit better. All right. Beer Mishketronka. That's the closest I've been yet. Yeah, that's
1: pretty to good. It. And the Rattler is a version of that, is what we're saying.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Rattlers you're going to see around here. The other stuff, you might have to try yourself. Make your own. Make your own. All right.
1: Uh, we're going to break in. We want to talk about fruit wine on the other side? Yep. All right. Set out of season. Make your own. Right, exactly. Exactly. It, when you say fruit wine, does that include sangria? Is that is that uh, different?
0: Sangria is its own kind of... Right. Thing. Seng- it's also Seng- mixed is more drink. of a punch. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's right. like a doll fruit punch.
1: It's very tasty. Yeah, all right. Making fruit wine. That's up next here on Niagara Traditions. Just Brew It. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means. Either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply. 1296 Sheridan Drive near Military in Tonawanda open Monday through Friday 11 to 7 Saturdays 10 to 4 and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com Niagara Tradition Homebrew pay them a visit and remember to just brew it back here on Niagara Traditions Just Brew It on ESPN 1520 Jeremy White and Bert all right so we're talking fruit wines today and making your own fruit wine
0: yeah and so it We're talking about this because it is that time of year. I've actually already lost all my blueberries to the birds in the backyard. So I got a few that I picked and like would eat while I was watering the garden in the morning. But they've already ripened and they're all gone. Um, Black raspberries are kind of going along the same way now, and red raspberries and strawberries will be doing the same shortly. So we're right in the middle of kind of summer, like early summer fruit season. You'll see stone fruits like peaches and plums, you know, later in the year, closer to fall. But right now is the time for most like kind of smaller berries. Again, strawberries, blueberries, um, blackberries, raspberries are all coming into season, and some of them are actually kind of coming a little bit out. Um, but it is the time to make fruit wine if you want to. And it's an easy way to get rid of a bulk of fruit. And unlike making jam, and I always try to make this point, you will actually consume it all and it will get become better with time, not gross. So often like we grow all these, you know, uh, you know, raspberries, black raspberries, blueberries in the backyard, mostly just for picking and eating. But when you have this big bumper crop and you know those birds are going to come in like right away or squirrels or whatever is getting them, I could blame the dog too. I don't actually watch them too much by the blueberries. Um, It is, uh, yeah, you have to get them off all in one bulk load, all in a hurry. And a lot of people don't know what to do. So you do the easiest thing, which is make jam. Um, But from my personal experience, I never go through all the jam. You know, I I can it all in nice little jars and put it in the freezer. I always forget it's there. Whereas wine, you know, wine I'm often digging for in the basement. Exact opposite. I'm trying to search for whatever I have digging into every back corner. So my suggestion is when you have this big load of fruit and you don't know what else to do with it, make wine. Now, first, what you want to do is collect as much as possible because you're always surprised at how much fruit you need per batch of wine. We're talking about at least like, you know, it's for a lot of like berries, like strawberries, you want like 8, 12 pounds per gallon. If you can, of like when you're holding the whole fruit and you haven't crushed it, pressed it, or anything like that, you could be using as much as like 8 to 12 pounds per gallon. So that's a lot. Um, So uh, you don't want to sign up for making, you know, five gallons of strawberry wine unless you got a cheap or free. Source of strawberries, you know what I mean. We do sell plenty of concentrates, which will be a lot cheaper than just walking into Tops and you know trying to buy like fifty pounds of strawberries or something yeah. like that, which is just not going to happen. But if you do have that source, again, you're going to want to make wine out of it because it's a way to get rid of a lot of fruit. So collect as much as possible because if you need to make uh, the batch a little bit bigger, water and sugar will be easy to come by later more fresh fruit will be harder. So try to get as much as possible. And the first thing that you want to do is wash the fruit with warm water, just usually spraying it, you know, in a colander in the sink, kind of let it drip dry, trying to get off any dirt, bugs, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, fuzz or pollen that's, you know, drifted by. And at this point, you could actually freeze it, you know, pretty much indefinitely. Uh, to hold on to use for beer or wine later. So if you don't know what when you're going to have the time particularly to do this, and you have the extra room in the freezer, you can take all that fruit off, gently wash it now, and then freeze it so that, you know, in the fall when the temperatures get a little bit cooler and you don't mind spending as much time... Um, You know, in the basement, you know, with fruit and the fruit flies aren't as bad, and the wasps have, you know, finally, and yellow jackets have gone away in the colder nights. You can put it away and save it for another night and I just want to get at least that far so if everybody's listening you can tune out now tune back into the show in six months you know procrastinate but you at least want to wash it and then freeze it now this doesn't do anything to pasteurize it you're gonna have to do that later and you'll have to process it a little bit when you get it out but you can make you know fruit wine fruit beers off of frozen fruit so if you don't know what else to do with it get to it before the birds unlike me and put it in the freezer all right so once you have all this fruit you need to start processing. And you're gonna need a small stainless steel pot or bucket to crush it in. Uh, and you're gonna to wanna to pulverize the living hell out of it. The more you crush it, the more tannins, the more flavor, and the more sugar you're gonna get out of it. So crush it. I usually use a potato masher and really go to town on it. Um, then you do have to sanitize it. So we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier in the summer, in the spring, we were talking about making fruit beers. Um, you can sanitize it with heat or with sulfites. Now sanitizing with heat is definitely easier. You just bring it up to 170, try to keep it below 180, hold it there for at least 20 minutes and cool it down. Um, but that will change the flavor a little bit and it may make it a little bit cloudy. So a lot of people choose to do the sulfites. So you might have like a little bit of water and say, you know, um, do like a gallon and a half of crushed fruit. You'd want to take enough for like a gallon and a half of liquid and treat it. Now, you let it sit there for 48 hours before adding the yeast. And what the sulfite's gonna do is it's gonna grab oxygen. It's gonna remove oxygen from the fruit so it doesn't oxidize. And it's gonna create sulfur dioxide gas, which is gonna kill any bacteria, which will prevent it going to vinegar later on in the process. So, you definitely wanna do something to kind of pasteurize it, whether that's sulfites or that heats you're going to have to do something. Now you can start adding water and sugar to get to a desired volume and a desired a byte B-V. Um, so you will need a hydrometer. I would suggest going in the 10 to 12 range because that kind of makes um, a better wine. If you go really high on the alcohol and, and you're trying to make a brandy, it can often come off you know, phenolic, you know, sickly sweet and a bit boozy. So I would suggest making something in the 10 to 12 range. If you want to boost up some of the batch later, you can always add like a very neutral alcohol when you're bottling. So you can kind of fortify it. You could even back-sweeten that, you know, portion of the batch even a little bit more to try to make, you know, a little bit different of a beverage. So you can have some kind of like, you know, strawberry liqueur and some kind of light refreshing Um strawberry wine out of the same, you know, batch of strawberries. Now I'm not going to get into the full details necessarily of fermentation because this is a home brewing show and the winemaking is fairly easy and the fermentation is going to be fairly close to what you see. You're going to spend, you know, about less than three weeks, anywhere from two to three weeks, um, inside, uh you know, your primary fermentation, you're going to move it after it's done com- uh, completing fermentation into a secondary, you're going to wait for all the, everything to drop that will drop, then you're going to add a little bit more sulfate, some sorbate, back sweeten, clarifier, and then wait a week and bottle. Um, So it's fairly simple compared to your beer making. What I'm going to try to do here is talk about some of the common problems that you run into when working with the fruit. So if you're a brewer, you know fermentation, you know pasteurization, you know bottling, you know racking, Um, but working with the whole fruit can be intimidating. First thing I would suggest when you're pouring the fruit into the fermenter, use a very large straining bag um because when you use a very large straining bag and you put it around the bucket kind of like a like you would a trash bag into a trash can when all this kind of sloppy mess goes in there and everything's said and done after, say, you want to pull the skins and pull the fruit after two weeks, you can just lift out the bag and wring it all out. There's no more like pouring the bucket through strainers or trying to get somebody to hold one of these straining bags over a second bucket. Um, Or you can try to get away without using a press. And if you're getting cheap fruit, not having a press will really only affect your efficiency. So you can definitely do this without. Um, the other big question, and I think one of the big uh, kind of intimidating factors for brewers going to make wine, is the worry of acid being out of balance. Um, and this is can be an issue. And, and depending on the fruit, generally you're going to be a little bit high or low. But even if you're a little bit high or low, one, you don't need to invest in a massive a- acid test kit. You'll be able to taste it. Either the wine will be kind of muted um, and, and not really have uh you know good side of the tongue flavor and you know really won't the bittering uh aspects of it won't come out that means you're usually pretty acid low if you're acid high it's sharp it's astringent it mm-hmm. burns the side of your tongue. So it comes off very bitter um and it will be very obvious if you're well outside an appropriate range you if you're going to start making wine you You do not need to go get an acid test kit per se. If you taste something and you're having problems, now is the time to look at, you know, something simple, you know, pH papers or something like that to see if you're in a range. Generally there's some things you can do to kind of prevent some of these problems from low acid too. so often, if you're making, say, you know, blueberry wine, blackberry wine, you might be a bit low on the acid. And you'll see a lot of home recipes, and I do like this, have you add sliced lemons to prevent oxidation. So if your acid is low, um, What will happen is that those acids usually take away the oxygen before it can get to the tannins. And if you don't have enough acid, oxygen will hit your tannins. So what is a beautiful red wine slowly starts to become kind of brownish or amber in color. Um, By putting some sliced lemons in at the beginning, you can kind of prevent at least the oxidation. You may have to acid balance later for flavor, um, but the lemons will help prevent kind of any oxidation or color loss. Um, If you have kind of a very sharp wine and you have high acid, you can get acid reduction powder, but you can also add a little bit of water to it too. And you can take off a sample and try this. Try a little bit of acid reduction power, try a little bit of sweetening, and then just try watering it down because Often or not, you've ended up a little bit high in the sugar, about 16%. When you add some water, it brings the total acid level down, and it all of a sudden becomes nice. And you're going to want to use distilled water. And the last problem that brewers have is that their wine will not clear. Um, With wine, there's not usually as many problems as there are with beer or problems to create. And and all-grain brewers especially put a lot of attention into the mash to preventing chill haze. Um, With the wine, often that kind of um, haze is coming from pectin proteins, which were not broken down on the fruit in the vine. So it's not your fault. It's nothing that you did. And it's really easy to get rid of. And that's just by adding pectic enzymes. So you can add it at the beginning of the fermentation. Um, And that will guarantee that you won't have it later on, uh, which is what I like to do. But if you do discover it later on, you can absolutely still use the enzyme, and it will help break those proteins down, and you can have a nice clear wine. So I just always want to uh, kind of get a lot of brewers into winemaking because it is fairly easy. It is kind of that kind of think outside the box. Um, And a lot of the kind of lessons and flavors learned will – you know, work well for home brewing, especially if you're starting to try to get into, you know, Belgian beers that use very high amounts of fruit. Um, it's nice to play around with a couple of one gallon batches of wine just to get yourself in the idea of processing the fruit. and. The fruit wines are fun kind of thing to play around with with summer. Wine yeasts generally like to ferment a lot warmer than beer yeast um, and you're usually doing these in one gallon and they don't require any heat. You can heat to pasteurize it but you don't have to. So if it's the middle of the summer you have all your beer set aside you're looking for something to do try a one gallon batch of fruit wine. Um, again there's no heat there won't be a ton of mess in the one gallon at least um, and you can always freeze the fruit to kind of put it off to later if you want to. All right. Making a
1: fruit wine. I can't say I've ever had – I'm trying to think if I've ever had a, a fruit wine that's
0: not grapes. Yeah. It's, it's, it, do you want to, it's a I've had an thing. apple wine, I can
1: tell you that. Yeah,
0: the, the apple wine, p- Perry, you often find really good ones. It's like I think part of the problem is most of us have uh, an association with fruit wines with grocery store discounts sparkly wines. You know what I mean? The kind of, you know, mist and farm wines, we'll call them, of grocery stores. But there are a lot of very nice made, uh, especially, you know, to enjoy during the summer, fruit wines that are made more like traditional vinifera. Uh, You do see some local ones, you will have to go to a better wine store to find some true fruit wines. And you often find them more in the sake section, Um, much more popular in Asia, especially with plum wine. Um, So give it a try. It is the season. If you're stocked up on beer, if you don't want to be sitting around a hot kettle, this is a nice fermentation project that you won't need any extra equipment for. All right. Stay
1: cool out there this weekend. We'll be back next week on Nog Traditions. Just brew it on ESPN 1520. Listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tanawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.